Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Barron's here in our WCIA podcast studios at 509 Neil Flying Solo tonight. Marley Weirda and Andy Olson both busy covering high school sports today with the first round of the IHSA football playoffs. We've got high school soccer sectionals as well as Urbano wins, high school cross-country sectionals, a gigantic day across the state for so many Central Illinois athletes, and we've got all that coverage on our website, WCIA.com. So I was flying solo at Memorial Stadium today for Illinois' game against Rutgers, and it did not go according to plan in the second half for the Illini, who get a big old goose egg in the final 30 minutes of the game after they were up 14-10 to 10 at halftime. Looked like all systems were a go. Brandon Peters back. He had a phenomenal first half and really game overall. Not much on him in the second half, in my opinion, as Illinois falls 20-14. to 14. The Scarlet Knights put up 10 fourth quarter points, and that is the difference. Illinois with a chance to win it late, but they're not able to get it done. I'm going to break down what I saw from the game here. Coming up in the next few minutes, we had a punt fest. More than 600 yards of combined punts from both teams. Six from Rutgers, who they have a really, really good punter, and I thought had a better day than Blake Hayes even. And I think uh, we all appreciate and know uh, Blake Hayes is uh, one of the best punters in the country. But Blake Hayes had eight punts as well. Great to see his family back this weekend. And that video that he put out on Twitter was absolutely phenomenal to see. Uh, really warms your heart after 600 plus days. He hasn't been able to see his folks from Australia. They fly in and able to get out of the country and and get here to Champaign to see Illinois fall by six to the Scarlet Knights as Illinois now falls to three and six on the season, two and four in the Big Ten. Rutgers snaps a four game losing streak and uh, they are four and four now, one and four in the Big Ten, picking up their first conference victory. But all the momentum from last week's Upset win at number seven Penn State is gone as Illinois is not able to get the job done at home in a game that they were underdogs in by a point and a half to the Scarlet Knights. But Brandon Peters came to play 14 of 19 for the game, 190 yards and two touchdowns. And he really aired it out. I thought he had great pocket presence, thought he got rid of the ball, didn't take uh, many sacks at all. No sacks from Brandon Peters today. thought he commanded this offense, but it's funny how college football works. Last week, Illinois goes out and dominates the line of scrimmage, and that was not the case against Rutgers on Saturday. I thought the Scarlet Knights pretty much owned the line of scrimmage. Illinois really struggled in the rush game after putting up 223 yards last week, named Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Chase Brown, only 67 yards, no touchdowns today, the long of 15 3.7 yards per carry. Illinois' total offense less than 300 yards. Rutgers puts up 388. But the rushing totals is really surprising. 107 yards net rushing for Illinois on the ground, while Rutgers comes in and pretty much dominates 230 net yards rushing for the Scarlet Knights. They rush it 51 times for an average of 4.5. Illinois' average just down to 3.6. They only rushed it 30 times, and the pass game is what was working. Yet they only throw a handful of passes in the second half. They tried to establish the run and just could not get it going. And credit to Rutgers for that. I thought they were the tougher team at the line of scrimmage and in the trenches. And we know that that's where games are won and lost. So Illinois now is going to have to go back and, and try and figure out how to put together four quarters 
of football. That's maybe the biggest thing out of this. Illinois with a chance to win, and yet they're not able to get it done. And Brett Bielema says they quite simply laid an egg. The way that we threw the ball in the first half, uh, you know, they were – I knew they were going to load the box. I knew they were going to do a lot of different things on defense to prevent us from running the football, but uh, took advantage of it. And uh, really, it's my my responsibility uh, to get this group to play a four-quarter game. And obviously, we came out in the second half and laid an egg in certain aspects that we got we got to be better at. I think delaying the egg part was not able to run the ball, only a handful of passing attempts. And let's break down this uh, fourth quarter here and, and what Illinois had. I thought the defense overall played pretty well. Yes, Rutgers did score twice in the fourth quarter, once very early, less than a minute into the fourth quarter, as Noah Vedral uh, ran it in from 15 yards, and they had a couple of fourth down conversions. You know, overall, fourth down, a, a concern uh, for Illinois. You know, they, they only had the one. Now, it was a big one late there, but Rutgers uh, able to come in and, and go three of three on fourth down. And those a couple of those in the in the second half proved to be the difference. Is Illinois was able to get some stops even in the first half. The third down conversions were not good uh, for Rutgers, and and they weren't good really for Illinois either. Three of twelve for Illinois on third down. Three of fifteen for Rutgers third down conversions. But Illinois, I, I believe, didn't allow Rutgers to convert a third down in the first half. And that continued in the second. Yet the fourth down is what really hurts you there. You know, and if you combine the third and fourth downs there, you know, for, for Rutgers, now you're looking at six of 18. Still not a great number, but those fourth downs uh, a lot more concerning than the third down numbers. But it seems like in the biggest moments, Illinois, Illinois' defense couldn't get off the field in one sense. I think of the third down play where Rutgers' uh, new quarterback, I think he's just out of high school, came in um, and was able to pick up a, a big third down play. And and that was the difference because, um, you know, they they the Illinois defense I've thought bended several times. I'm not quite sure they ever broke. They did give up a couple of um, what I would call chunk plays, those 10 to 15 yard plays, especially in the passing game. But I didn't feel like they ever broke. They didn't give up a, a huge play in this game. Yes, uh, Vedral's 15 yard run in the fourth quarter was. Uh, about what, you know, the longest play for that. Uh, the first rushing touchdown of the game from Kyle Monahy's seven yards. So uh, there wasn't a ton of chunk plays, so to speak. I thought the defense overall did its job. If you're only going to give up 20 points, you should be in a position to at least compete, which they did, and, and then win a game. I'm going to take my chances if a college football defense is only giving up 20 points that you're going to have a great chance to win the game, and yet the offense can't do it there. You know, the, the Illinois defense did hold Rutgers to a field goal late there in the fourth quarter and, and then was able to, to to get the ball back. And they had a chance. And being on the field today was really windy. Uh, Illinois, I could understand why they wanted to come in and try and establish the run and, and Rutgers for that as well. And, and credit is due to Rutgers' defense for stopping Illinois' run and, and really containing them after – Illinois came out last week and, and controlled the line of scrimmage. That's the head-scratching thing. If if Illinois can do that against Penn State, why can't it do it against Rutgers? And and there's a lot of question marks that come into this. But as we sit here and, and talk about that fourth uh, quarter drive late, Illinois started at 3.53 remaining in the game. They're down six, so they got to have a touchdown. And they pretty much go down the field here. Chase Brown rushed for seven, rushed for 11, rushed for two. They're picking up first downs the pass to Luke Ford for 12 yards and you're thinking at this point Illinois is going to go down and win this game 
They'll tie it with a touchdown. And then the James McCord extra point, and there's not going to be much time left on the clock, and they're going to walk out of here a winner. And I didn't feel like they were the better team at that point, but they could go down and still win this game. And at the end of the day, that would be all that matters. But Brett Bielema told us after the game that Chase Brown, after all of that, uh, needed a blow, told the coaches, uh, tapped his head, said that he needed a blow. So Jakari Norwood comes in. And maybe more importantly in that, Josh McCray, the freshman, uh, was not feeling well this week and was not 100% coming into the game, so he was not an option there late either. But Norwood comes in, rushes for six. Then the next two plays, so it's second and four, only gets two. Then it's third and two, and he only gets one. So they're on the Rutgers 35, Illinois. The field goal doesn't work. They were going into the wind anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. A 30, that would have been a, a really, really long field goal into the wind. But they got to have the touchdown. So it's now fourth and one. Rutgers calls a timeout. And what do they scheme up? A pitch play to the outside for Chase Brown for a four-yard loss. Uh, Kisan Abraham made a really, really nice play to come up and stuff Chase Brown. And then that's the game. Illinois... Uh, essentially doesn't get the ball back and they not essentially they don't get the ball back they had a chance there uh, maybe because Illinois had all three timeouts uh, but Rutgers was able to uh, get a nine-yard run from Noah Vedral who I thought really competed I thought he was gutsy in that performance he came out of the game several times including early after Sidney Brown gave him a huge pop one of his 10 tackles for the game uh, Vedral left the game was able to come back in thought he was really really tough uh, for Rutgers and, and what he was able to do. The dual threat quarterback really hurt Illinois with his legs at times in this game. And and that's the difference. And so I know a lot of people upset about the fourth down play call there to go to the outside. They did have some extra linemen and tight ends uh, personnel on the field. They didn't elect to quarterback sneak, didn't elect to run it up the middle. And here they are scratching their heads now on Saturday night trying to figure out how they lost to Rutgers. But here's Brett Bielema and Brandon Peters on that fourth down call and, and what they were thinking and what they went with. See the fourth and yard there. Uh, we went with a little belly flip play to chase. Uh, and, and um, you know, they took two off the edge and, 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 and made it happen, right? So they capitalized on a, on a critical moment. They made plays, I think, I believe they were three for three on fourth down. So um, uh, we weren't able to get off the field there on, on fourth down. And that, uh, that was a, a big play in the game as well. I mean, on that fourth and short, I mean, everyone believed in the play call. Um, we just, you know, we didn't make a play as a unit. Um, but, you know, we ran the ball well on that drive, you know, made a little dink and dunks. Um, but, you know, just didn't make it happen. Really unfortunate that Chase Brown wasn't in the game there. Illinois had some timeouts. Maybe you call a timeout to give him another chance to, to catch a breath and, and get him back in there on third and one and, and third and two rather. And maybe that's the bigger play to me is, is what they do on second and third down after Jakari Norwood comes in, who, you know, you call him a scat back, whatever he is, off pace, off tempo back for the Alana, able to pick up six on that first down and then only get three the next two downs. Yes, everyone's going to talk about the fourth down, but what do they do to set up the fourth down to get to the that point on second and third down? And, and maybe you try and pass the ball. I mean, you give credit to Brandon Peters. I thought he was really, really good in this game, and, and he wasn't the reason that they lost. Didn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, was efficient with his passes. Thought overall had one of his best games as an Alana, even though they didn't win the game. And so I would have loved personally to see a pass in that point. You would have stopped the clock if it's an if it's an incompletion. Uh, 
give yourself a chance, but we're just running Jakari Norwood over and over again here. And and I, I just got to wonder how that plays out. And, and if Illinois offensive coordinator, Tony Peterson had another chance at it and would have, you know, done something different or if they felt good in the call and you heard Brendan Peters there say that they felt good in that and what their execution was just lacking. But, you know, the play call was there. I, I'm not sure what else they're going to say. You know, I mean, Brendan's not going to go against his offensive coordinator there. At least I wouldn't think he would, you know, and, and they're going to have the belief that they're going to go get the play done. But it was a little bit of a shock uh, being on the field and, and being right there with the team on the sideline. You, you, you felt the shock of the moment and that that was it. And Illinois was cruising right down the field. And all of a sudden, uh, the the drive is just over. It, it ends that quick, and then the game is over. And uh, and here we are now talking about a three and six football team for Illinois. And while they're not out of bowl eligibility yet, you can feel that that is on life support. And Bielema said that they didn't necessarily talk about you know needing to win uh, three out of four to get to bowl eligibility or three out of five to to end the season, but you know that certainly on the guys' minds. You know, they want to play in a bowl game. They want to go get the opportunity to have uh, a postseason experience. And and it's still not out of the question yet, but now you got to go on the road to Minnesota next week and win. Uh, and you got to go to Iowa and win. And now while Iowa doesn't look like the number two team in the country anymore uh, after losing at Wisconsin on Saturday, you know, Minnesota picks up a, a pretty big, sizable win over Northwestern on the road. And and then you finish up with Northwestern, and that's always a tough game. I know Northwestern's not a good program this year, not, and not a good team. Uh, they're they're a great program, I should say. They're just not a great team this year. Uh, but man, Pat Fitzgerald always gets his guys ready to play Illinois, and that has historically just been a, a very very difficult game uh, for the Illini. But really, in my eyes, and and in Brett Bielema's eyes, more importantly, it all comes down to consistency and and how Illinois is able to play consistent football on both sides of the ball. There's so many questions. Which team is going to show up? Which side of the ball is going to show up? And give Ryan Walters a lot of credit. His guys have, have largely shown up the last couple of weeks. You give up 24 points to Wisconsin, but that 20 number has been really, really good for this team. When they give up around that or less, they are competing by and large, maybe minus Wisconsin. And this goes back to the Virginia game when they got blown out. Ever since then, I feel like Walters has put his guys in position to succeed, and yet the offense uh, just leaves you wanting more. And despite Brandon Peters' uh, really good bounce-back performance here, it's not enough. But it, it comes back to consistency, and, and it's tough in a first-year program, and you're trying to learn new schemes for the players, and the coaches are trying to learn the players, and, and that you know should be in place by now. I mean, this team's played nine games. There's only three left. You know, a third of the season remains and, and the scheme is in and the, the guys know everything else about the coaches and, and they're well accustomed to that. But that could have been some early growing pains. And I think it was as they were trying to figure each other out. Uh, but now it just comes down to, to actually playing. And and I love Sidney Brown after the game when we talked to him he, uh, in some explicit terms that I'm not going to say. He just basically said we, we got to show up and and win. I mean, you just you just got to win at this point. You got to make the plays and you got to win. It's on the coaches. It's on the players. But uh, here's Bielema on consistency and just trying to get that out of his team. You can sense the frustration in his voice as, as he's trying to um, put a better product on the field. All he knows is winning in one sense. He did that at Wisconsin. I know he had some up and down seasons at Arkansas, but uh, he's a proven winner. And, and he's not getting that out of his team so far in his first season in Champaign. But now consistency is a great word, right? Like it's um, it's got to be essential for us to grow. Um, 
and and uh, when we have setbacks, it's uh, sometimes it's uh, you know something that uh, can be self-inflicted. It might be execution. It might be call. Um, uh, as a head coach, I think I just got to take complete understanding and responsibility. Uh, any of those setbacks we have, um, to make sure we truly understand why they happen. We can't just say, "Oh, this happened." Well, why did it happen? Right? What are we saying? What are we doing? What are we coaching? What are we seeing on film? Um, and and that that's that's the part that's frustrating. It just seems like. At times, you know, they make a step forward and, um, you know, you get very excited about it. I think they, they deserve it. They, they deserve uh, to, to get pats on the back. But on the same account, like, this is just very, very frustrating to, to be in a position we're in today and not be able to capitalize. They should have won the game. They had a chance there. Uh, Rutgers gave them an opportunity, and it was theirs. And they were driving down the field in, in a fourth and one play is what we're going to remember uh, from this game. And and the pitch didn't work. And we're going to look back on this, I think, at the end of the season, just like we look back at Maryland, just like we look back at Purdue, and wonder what could have been here for, for this Illini team who now needs to win uh, their final three games. Yes, maybe they could get in with a 5-7 and seven record if that's the case. Uh, but, you know, and I think they would take the bowl game if they're 5-7 and seven because they want the extra practices and, and they want the publicity in year one for Brett Bielema. But uh, they, they've got to win now. And it just doesn't seem very likely. Uh, the odds are very, very low for Illinois to make the postseason in a bowl game. And uh, that's going to be really, really disappointing for Brett Bielema and his his program because all the pieces were there with 22 super seniors coming back, a lot of hype around this year's team and all that experience. And there's been some bad luck injuries along the way. There's been some moments that I'm sure they'd like a do-over on. But, you know, that is what it is. That's that's football for you. There are there's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be things you wish you could do over again. And it's about learning from it. And that's what Brett said there that is most important. And and that's also most frustrating when you're trying to uh, turn around a program that has not been very good the past decade. I mean, that's just the facts of, of what it is. And, uh, you know, only two bowl games in, in, in a decade is, is not going to get you very far there. I guess three if you're counting back to 2011. Uh, when they made back-to-back -back bowl games and then fired their coach. So that's that's what it is. That's Brett Bielema's task. That's why he gets paid four-plus million dollars a year to try and figure that out. And they'll try and regroup, heading to Minnesota, a team that has been a little bit up and down this year. Yes, they lost to Bowling Green at home. Uh, they've also competed in some nice games as well. And I think back to that season opener against Ohio State, uh, they've had injuries. Mo Ibrahim is gone for the year, but they've also had a lot of depth. And P.J. Fleck has built that program up. And so now they're going to go see how they stack up on the road at a Minnesota team that, uh, you know, has, has been better than them. Uh, and Fleck hired a year after Lovey, and, and you just look at the turnaround and what he's been able to do there and what he's been able to bring to the Gophers, and that's been pretty consistent play uh, for the last four or five years. And so Illinois is going to be an underdog. I, I, maybe they're a favorite against Northwestern, but I doubt it. I think they're probably underdogs the next three games to finish out their year as they go to Minnesota, then get a bye week before going to Iowa and then hosting Northwestern this Saturday after Thanksgiving to round out the first year for Brett Bielema. All right, thanks so much for tuning in here. Hope to get uh, Marley and Andy back next week a little bit after uh, the Minnesota game. I'll be making that trip up to Minneapolis as they'll be on the high school rounds once again. So check out the website, WCIA.com. We've got highlights, my post-game uh, story from this Illinois Rutgers matchup 20 to 14. The Scarlet Knights come to Champaign and uh, pick up a road victory to snap a four game losing streak. Illinois not able to capitalize off of all of that momentum gain last week by upsetting Penn State on the road as they are back to the drawing board heading on the road next weekend. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time here on the 3 in 1 podcast.